for most of 2020, particularly in the fall, especially in the fall from late summer until, until the entirety of the fall, I have remained very dormant in my posts, in my appearances. I have been very select in what I have put out there on social media as well. And there are, I've caught a little bit of ridicule for that. A few questions here or there as to why I disappeared, why I didn't seem to have much of an opinion of many things. And, uh, and today, being January 6, 2021, and seeing the events as they are unfolding uh, today in Congress, in the streets of D.C., uh, as well as you know, among the media sources around the nation and around the world, you can see that there is an unease and there is a great, great deal of tension going on. And it all now makes sense as to why I stepped back, why the Lord said, you need to reboot, you need to refocus, you need to take a look at my word, you need to take a look at the early writers of my word or speakers on my word. You need to look at people from a century or more ago before the 20th century stench took over in religion and in politics and just in our general communities. And that's what I spent a great deal of 2020 doing. I've read a lot of non-fiction writings and focused on writers that had written 100, 120 years ago or going back into the 4th or 5th century or even the 1st century. And, uh, and on top of that, I delved deeply into Scripture throughout the year. And, and for those of you that know my background, for the last 14 years, I've been a high school English educator. And so fiction has been a part of my career, but I have chosen to step away from reading that too, thanks to COVID, since March of 2020, I was at home. I mean, even if we were doing things from a, a telecommute kind of a process, finishing out the school year, it's been Zoom meetings or it's been things of that nature. It hasn't been face-to-face. -face. And then, of course, this fall, it's just been a, a whole series of uncertainties of, of where education is and isn't, what is available, what isn't available, uh, what positions are needed, what positions aren't needed when it comes to education. And it, we continue to do that even up through today. There's, there's uncertainty as to where the education system is going and how we're going to continue to educate our students. And so it, it's been in flux. But because of all of that, I've had a lot of time on my hands where I have not been in a classroom and I've had time to delve in and I've read at least a dozen, if not more, books this year, things I never thought I would get through within such a short time span, let alone reading them all within you know, the scope of... of you know, six to eight months. And all of that has been preparing me for where we are today, where we are now here at, uh, at you know, January 6th of 21, where we're watching both chambers of Congress attempting to deal with the electoral issues and things of that nature, and then groups of supporters for the President Trump coming out and and, uh, and approaching the Capitol and breaching the Capitol. And as a result of that, there was lockdown in the Capitol building and all of that going on. And probably by the time you hear this, there will be even further remedy to this and then even more extended things to it. And I have a feeling that what you're seeing as I'm speaking this is just the beginning of a new cycle. And that 21 is going to be a watershed year 
in, in dangerous ways, just as 2020 was in dangerous ways. And I say that to say that I, I believe that what we're going to be looking at is a panicked environment. And, it, it, and that was going to happen regardless of who ended up either keeping the White House or gaining the White House, or who kept Congress or gained seats in Congress and so forth. I think that was still going to be there. I am in, in, I've become very convinced at this point that we have very little, very little control over the events that are currently happening and are yet to happen not just in this nation, but in the world, and in the remaining time for humanity. I think that there is an illusion that we can somehow postpone or alter the direction that things are going in, and I'm not saying this to be fatalistic, but I do not believe that we really control the direction things are going in. I think that the, the beast is in play, the uh, the blueprint for what is ahead was written centuries ago, and we're witnessing it. Now, am I speaking of end times? Yes, of course, I am. I think that's pretty clear, and if it wasn't clear, it should be clear now. I am speaking of the end times, but I'm not speaking of it in the scope of within the next two years. It's not that type of thing. I am speaking of an end times that we are currently existing in, and that if we are not going to be in the middle of, we are certainly at the beginning of. And uh, people use the term crossroads. I do believe that we're at a crossroads, but we're not at a crossroads where we can make a lot of our own decisions. As far as a community body, I don't think that's the case. I think we've passed that. I think the, uh, the belief that we can hunker down in the church and rely on the church to be our security and our sanctuary um, and our refuge, I think the church body as a whole has lost that, that battle. I think that that time has come and gone. And, uh, and, and, and I say that across all religions. I don't believe that you are any more successful or powerful in your mosques, your temples, your cathedrals, um, wherever you are. I don't think that any of that on the grand scheme of each of those faiths, I do not believe those are actually going to to yield for you the peace and the security and the sense of power or control that it has for you in the past. And I, I spoke of that a great deal during 2020, that you look at the history of Judaism, you look at the history of Catholicism, you look at the history of Islam, and uh, you look even at Protestantism, and it all has shifted a great deal. It's either developed within or shifted within the last two to three hundred years. And what it's shifted into is something very similar to each other. They may have different faces, they may use different terms, but they are the same beast. And yes, I use the term beast intentionally. They are just that. Um, you are seeing that the church itself, as that sanctuary I spoke of, is gone. You're not going to find refuge in the masses of your faith because the leadership within the, your faith have been 
remolded, restructured, redesigned, manipulated. They have been lied to and now are allying on to the next generation of ministers or religious leaders. And so you're, you're generations deep into a very tainted image of what truth is. The Protestant Church isn't teaching anything any more clear than the Catholic Church, and the Catholic isn't teaching anything that isn't already seen in Judaism or in Islam, and Judaism and Islam are teaching similar things that you're seeing in Eastern mysticism, and all of it is overlapped with each other. And so I say that to say that you are not going to find your safe haven anymore in your faith as a community. And in other words, you're not going to be able to go into a building somewhere and be rescued from the events that are going on in the world. No matter how you want to believe that you will, you're not going to. You're not going to hear absolute truth. You're not going to get absolute security. You're not going to get support unfettered from any of your faiths. Now, I saddle that to say you individually, your individual faith is within your grasp with God. So I'm not saying that faith in and of itself is a problem. It's not. I'm saying putting your faith in the temple or the cathedral or the chapel or the mosque or any of those things, putting your faith in those those types of things that we consider our religious community are going to fail you. They are not going to give you the, the resolve that you need or want at this time moving forward. It's going to be down to you and God and a small body of people that you know personally who are being led the same way. The church now for Christians, is back to your 1st century and 2nd century roots of the church being the people, the assemblage of believers. It's no longer in a pastor and his congregation. It is in individuals leading small groups. So picture incredibly powerful Bible study, prayer study, small groups, that is your church now, and it will be going forward. And your minister is the Holy Spirit. It's the Word of God itself. It's your direct connection with God that is going to guide you from this moment forward throughout what is left of human history. And I do believe that. I do not believe that you will ever have a church or a temple or a mosque or a whatever that you will be able to step foot back into and honestly believe that you're receiving the absolute truth from them. And I say that not happily. I don't say that uh, flippantly. But it's been my experience, and in 2020 was a good example of this, you take a good look at the churches that stood their ground for their congregations and how many of them buckled under to the pressures of church boards or city committees or federal suggestions. They weren't mandates, they were suggestions and so forth. 
ask yourself how many shepherds protected their flocks during 2020. And that number is going to be extremely low. And the odds are it wasn't within your own church that you experienced it. You may have heard of it in other people's, but you yourself did not experience. The odds are greatly that your church let you down. Your church body, the physical building and the administration within it in some way disappointed you, discouraged you this year, within the last year. And no matter what your denomination is, no matter what your religion is, the odds are that that's it. Now, if you were among those that did not experience that personally, that did have a strong shepherd guiding the flock, uh, maintaining truth, going back to Scripture, and maintaining decisions based on Scripture, then you are in the very, very, very small minority. In 2020, most of that disappeared officially. Now, it had been disappearing for 100, 150 years in many churches and in many uh, houses of worship. It had been disappearing. But it, it died a significant death, a very visual death, in 2020. And as a result of that, I myself stopped attending. Uh, I, I went from a larger church a few years ago to smaller churches within the last two or three years. And even within those small church communities, you still didn't have the unity that I myself know that I've experienced in church in the past as a child, but it's not there now. And I certainly didn't have the unity that you would see as being described in the early church founding. Nowhere even remotely close to that. And I saw more examples of where Protestantism and Catholicism and Judaism and Islam and uh, the mystery religions of the East, uh, all of that share more commonality today in the 21st century than they do differences. And you add on top of that that all of these faiths, all of these faiths, are willing to look at each other and go, see, we share a common ground. No, no, no. <laughs> no, that is not. That is not actual truth. Now, it is truth in the sense of the business portion of all of those faiths share commonality. But in absolute truth, in empirical truth, they should not be sharing those like areas. They should be as different as night is from day, or as far removed from each other as the east is from the west. They should be different. Because their origins are different, their original doctrine is different, their scriptures are different, and the gods in which they serve are different. But you look at today, and what you see is a commingling, a embracing of each of these faiths, and everybody looking at the other faiths and going, see, we have a common ground, we need to come together, we need to unite. And you can't do that if you have honest opposition of beliefs. 
And if the systems are telling you that we don't have oppositions of beliefs, then that means somebody somewhere has compromised the truth. And so all of this has been not revealed in 2020 for me. It has been reinstilled and I've been reminded very loudly during this last year of all of this. And I've gone back into the early writings and I've gone back into my prayer closet and I have, I've searched through prayer, through meditation. Uh, and by meditation here, I don't mean 21st century meditation. Okay? It is not what today's world defines it as. I mean meditating on God's Word. I mean going in on prayer and listening. That's what I'm referring to. And it requires that on an individual basis. You cannot have someone else give you the answers to those questions. And religion in the 21st century wants to give you your guidebook for what truth is. And it can't. Now, my return with this post, as well as anything going forward, is not intended in any way whatsoever to try and inform people and give them an answer to any of these questions that will come up in my future cats. I'm not trying to inform people. I'm not trying to be Mr. Know-it-all. And, uh, and that is not at all my approach. I'm going to give you the struggles that I've faced within the last year and moving forward. And I'm going to give you where I have reached my development in those struggles. And then I'm going to remind you to do your own diligence to seek resolution within your own challenges. I am not going to tell you this is what truth is and this is what you need to do. In the past, I, I have to admit, I have done that. I have said, this is wrong, this is what's right, and, uh, and this is where you need to stand with it. Uh, now, I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm going to stand here and say, well, you know what, if you believe in Zoroastrianism, you know, you may be right. No, 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 I'm not going to make that argument. Okay? All of my arguments are going to be made based off of God's Word. They are going to be made off of Scripture. And by Scripture, I mean Christian doctrine, not Judaism or Catholicism, which... For those of you that have not heard my previous podcast or have not seen my videos in the past, I do not equate Christianity and Catholicism as being the same thing. They are not. Roman Catholicism is not a branch of Christianity. It is not a denomination of Christianity. It is its own religion. So there's that. But no, I am not going to tell you that if you follow the path of Islam, you're correct, or you follow the path of Judaism, that you're correct, or you follow the path of Catholicism, you're, you're correct. I'm not going to give you that. I'm not going to give you that information because my research, my study, my time spent in the Word tells me that no, those are not true faiths. They are religions, but they are not truth. And there has been distortion and there's been overlay of that. I believe that Judaism and Catholicism are the left and right hand of the same body. That Catholicism is nothing more than Rome's, uh, than the Romanizing of Judaism. And that's all it is. It is not Christianity. 
They do not worship or serve Jesus as Christ. They uh, serve uh, uh, Mary. They serve um, the worship of the dead, communion with the dead, and, and I can go on and on. That is not Christianity. That is not the teachings of Jesus the Christ. And their center, their focus, their desire and, and power all comes from a worship of other things. It does not come from a, a desire to worship and follow Jesus as the Christ. It is focused on so many other things. So, when I speak of Catholicism, I am speaking of it as yet another religion. Everything that I will be going forward and covering is going to be based off of my Christian faith, based off of the scripture, based off of early writers, in, in some cases, first-hand experiencers of the early faith. It is pre-Protestant movement in the sense of um, the whole pre-millennialism, tribulation, all of that. All of that is, is, is an issue that within the last 150 years or so, or 200 years, has been in a development. It is not something that comes from 1st century, 2nd century. It doesn't come from anything until you get back to around the 18th century. At, at the earliest. And in most cases, it really didn't develop and didn't gain teeth or claws until the 19th century. And so something that develops that late, that far removed, I mean, 1800, 1900 years removed from Jesus walking on this earth, cannot be said as a proponent of his teachings. I'm sorry, you cannot do that. You cannot say that that Christ intended for 17, 1800 years to pass before an essential truth was revealed in his gospel. I, I No, I mean, now I used to believe that. I used to cling to that because it was it was a sense of a, of a security blanket. It was this this uh, generic way of saying, well, you know, times are tough, but when it gets really bad, we won't be here. We're going to get raptured up. We're going to disappear, and we won't have to go through it. And uh, it was a great answer. It was a fantastic answer, and, and it allowed people to feel very secure. It allowed them to sleep at night. It gave them something to tell their children so their children wouldn't be afraid of the future and, and, and so that they wouldn't be afraid of the future. And all of that made sense. But none of that is real. None of that Again, the Lord isn't going to reveal 16, 17, 1800 years after he gives you his message. He's going to then go, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention this. Here's what's going to happen so that you won't feel bad. Nowhere in his word does he say, I'm going to give you great times. I'm going to give you security. Or when it gets really bad, I'm going to rescue you from it. The scripture doesn't reflect that. Whether it's New Testament or Old Testament, Scripture does not give you an example of when it gets really bad, when it's really, really there, we're going to yank you away from it and we're going to save you from, from having to face it. There's no reference to that. There's, there's no scriptural evidence to that. And yet, for the last 150 to 200 years, we've had people that have been building that notion in us, and they have redeveloped our concepts 
of what it means to suffer and it has taken away from us the need for us to be right within our own souls with God. It's worked the opposite of what we thought it did. I mean, we've, we've told ourselves, well, you know, the whole fear of fire and brimstone. That fear of fire and brimstone was a fear that if you didn't live up to your commitment to the Lord, you were going to go to hell. Well, that got replaced with when it looks like you're going to face hell here on earth. Don't worry about it. You're just going to get rescued from it. You won't have to face that. That's the prosperity gospel begun 150 plus years ago. The only thing missing was your televisions and radio and uh, your ATM machines. That, that's Robert Tiltonism from the early 1800s. That's all that is. And so that is in, at, at the core of a great deal of what you're going to hear from me moving forward, where my convictions lie, and as a result of that, you're not going to hear a whole lot from me regarding what is going on in the current church. Because you're not going to hear me endorsing people in the current church. You're not going to hear me quoting materials from people in, in within the last couple of centuries. You're not, that's not going to happen. The answers you're going to get from me or the things you're going to hear from me are going to be reflective of people that have not been indoctrinated into a false doctrine. And it's going to counter what you've been raised in, what your parents were raised in, what your grandparents were even raised in. And so you're going to look at this and you're not going to be able to tell your parents or your grandparents you know, this is what I believe uh, because this is what I've studied and have them say, well, that makes sense. No, they're going to say, no, this is what it's always been because their parents taught them the same thing that they are teaching the next generation. And what they've been taught for the last 150 plus years is a very tainted, very twisted version of the end times. And there's been billions and billions of dollars made off of that concept. And I'm fearful that there have been millions of souls that have not been saved because of those concepts. People who believe that all you had to do is sprinkle a little bit and believe a certain thing and you were going to be saved from hell or that you were going to be saved from the tribulation that was to come. And you were told to ignore scripture for it. <laughs> you know, and it's I mean there's there's you can count on one hand the references to a rapture throughout all of scripture. And I say it that way just because if I were to say well there's one or two somebody out there would go no no there's references to this that but there's extremely, the, the concept of rapture, of being taken up, is not spoken throughout Scripture, and it's certainly not spoken throughout the New Testament or from Christ. Uh, there isn't a reference to that. The absence of the church in portions of the book of Revelation, of John, 
well, technically of Jesus Christ, but to John, isn't, isn't evidence of any of that. It's just an absence of a mentioning of the church by the church's name. Again, it's a revelation given by Christ to John. The church, as a church, didn't exist when Jesus was in human form. So is it really a surprise that when the angels or in Christ himself speaks of the end times to John that he doesn't mention the church? Is it really a shock? Should that really be shocking? It's an entity that didn't exist during his earthly walk. If he intended to produce a corporal image, a church in that sense, an assemblage in that way, he would have referred it as that during his time here. What's happened is that we've, we've begun to believe that our own interpretation supersedes the original interpretation or original intents. And it's not unlike what we do with politics. We take today's concepts and we say, well, the way we see things today is this, and so therefore the founding fathers meant this. You know, Or we say, well, they didn't foresee what the world would be like today, and so therefore we have to reinterpret what they wrote. Well, there's arguments about that in politics. There should also be argument about that when it comes to Scripture. You cannot take the 21st century world and say that the 1st century writers, the 1st century disciples, the apostles, didn't have today's reference point when they wrote this, and so therefore we have to reinterpret what they're saying. No. You have to take what they wrote in their context and understand where the roots come from in that. And then you have to remold your life here in the 21st century to reflect that understanding. Okay? It is our role to return ourselves to the understanding and the principles that were established in the early church, not to take the establishment of the early church and re-render it into today's world. And that is where we have failed miserably in our church, and that is something that has been discovered very strongly in me during the 2020 events. And that is where I'm going forward with this, and that is where I stand. And so you will hear a great deal about early church, when the church transitioned, uh, and because of that, it predates Catholicism. Um, Judaism itself was really just getting established during the days of early Christianity, and, uh, and that's a misunderstanding a great deal of time. We have a tendency to think of Judaism as going back to Moses or whatever, and it doesn't. Um, they did, did not become a formalized religion until around the same days, within the same centuries, of Christianity getting birthed. Um, so that, so there's, there's, a, there's a misunderstanding with all of that. Judaism isn't ancient. Judaism developed orally for centuries and then became a written language not that long before Christianity began to gain roots. 
And as a result of that, Judaism becomes this defense of the old style versus Christianity. And then Catholicism is the attempt for the to, to squash Christianity. And then Islam comes into play after all of that. So these are not the ancient religions that we have been inappropriately, intentionally misled to believe. Uh, it, they do not go back to ancient days. Islam does not go all the way back to Ishmael in the sense of it being a religion. Now, they may have based their origins off of that time period, but it was not created in that time period. See, it's a lack of absolute truths. And so that's these are the types of things that I will continue to cover, that I will be covering. Will politics come into play? Yes, they will. I guarantee you that I will continue to post, I will continue to podcast, uh, things that are relating to our political state, but in the context of we are here now because of this scriptural moment, or we need to deal with what is going on in today's political world with a concept in mind that comes from early Christianity. That's where my mindset is, and that's where my contact uh, with you will continue to be. I will cover things that I believe are injustices, and I do believe that there are injustices that are going on today. There have been for years. There have been in the political cycle. We witnessed it uh, four years ago. We witnessed it two months ago, and we're witnessing it within the last couple of days, and we will continue to witness this. And uh, there are people on both sides that have legitimate cause for concern in the direction they see things going. But regardless of all of that, regardless of all of that, you're not going to find the solutions to the world's problems or to your problems in a congressional hall. And unfortunately, you're also not going to find the solutions to those things sitting in a church pew or in a temple or on a rug you're not going to find those solutions in those bodies of faith either. You're going to find them with your individual relationship with the Lord. And to put your efforts anywhere other than that is going to be futile. It has been for some time. You just didn't know it. But it certainly will be moving forward. You cannot put your faith in your daily walk, in your daily existence, in the relationship you have with other people around you. You cannot put all that faith based off of what you're seeing on TV or seeing on social media or you're reading somewhere or even the conversations you're having with people down the street, particularly about politics. Politics will never be your refuge. And no political movement, and this is hence the reason I left Q, no political movement is going to restructure and revamp and is going to fix what is going on with the world because what is happening now was prophesied long ago. And you will not alter it. You will not stir it. You will not prevent it. You will not prolong it. And 
the sooner you acknowledge that and and allow yourself even a moment of depression in it, so to speak, and go, okay, it's out of my hands. That doesn't mean you don't fight a fight for the rights of people. That doesn't mean that you don't fight for what is right. If somebody does something that's an injustice to you, you fight for justice in that. And that I will always maintain. But do not go into, if we solve this in politics, the world is going to come to peace. Or if we if we keep these people or get rid of these people in politics, everything's going to be cheery and rosy and life is going to be beautiful again. And don't base your happiness and your your feelings of establishment off of what you see in the politics around you, whether it's in Congress or whether it's in your church. Because there's politics everywhere. And people that talk, there's no room for politics here. There are politics in everything. If you're having a conversation with another human being, there's politics involved in it because you both are wanting to choose to persuade the other one to your argument. That's politics. That's what being polemical is, is presenting your information, hoping to sway the other person. That is what politics is. And so you're going to get it in everything, not just in Congress. You're going to get it in your churches. You're going to get it in your family. You're going to get it with your friends. doesn't matter. So you're not going to be able to escape it. So politics will come up in what I cover. But I want you to understand that I'm going to be looking at it from a larger scale in a more general sense than I used to, where I would micromanage down to the minute items. You know, let's analyze this particular speech and see where this is going. I'm not going to cover a lot of that. Now, there may be some wording that comes out that makes sends up a flag for me and goes, oh, hold on, that reminds me of this moment in Scripture. That reminds me of this prophecy. Things of that nature. I mean, that's going to happen. And I will remind you that when what you're seeing around you is a blatant distortion of God's truth. And I will remind you of those things, whether it's politics or church or whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, but as far as me doing the day-to-day -day items, getting in there and rolling my sleeves up and getting involved in the individual political disputes that go on, no, those days for me are over uh, because it, it's wasted energy. You know, I've read the end of the book. I know how this ends. We all really know how this is going to go. It's just whether you choose to accept it or not that's important. And whether you choose to save yourself spiritually and to prepare yourself spiritually for the times that are ahead and to try and raise your family and to influence your friends to do the same. That's your focus. You really want to help in this process. You really want to, to win the fight and all of that. That's where you need to start. You need to start with fixing your own relationship with the Lord and then stretching out to those around you to do the same. There's your answer. There's your solution. There's where you need to be focusing. And that's what I will be reminding you of as we go forward. Now, I'm going to make no promises as to how frequently I will be doing this. Um, I've done that in the past, and I've repeatedly let myself down. Uh, 
hey, I'm going to start doing this on a daily basis, or I'm going to start doing this on a weekly basis, or I mean, I'm not going to give those kind of promises. I'm not going to give those kind of time frames because I have let myself down, let alone my audience. So I give this out there. I throw this out there to the public, and I hope that you take it well. Um, I will be praying for you, have been praying for you, but I pray that you will find the peace you need within yourself and your relationship with God first. Okay? We've been fighting so strongly for America first. Now let's fight strongly for your individual soul first. And then stretch beyond that. Love you. Peace. And God's blessing.